Okay, and we are live. This is Red Smoke, episode four. Uh, and if you can hear this, dear listener, don't be alarmed. This is just a quote from a very famous TV series. Underneath all that intellect, you are the darkest of all of us. It's always the quiet ones we need to be afraid of. And I just hope I'm not around the day that pot finally boils over. Yeah, when you hear stuff like this, you know, you're in for a show tonight, man. By the way, that's from The Dark Knight Rises, I believe. Uh, I teased everyone on Twitter earlier, and I'm going to tease you now again. I know it's still early 2021, but uh, this... Uh, Alex, you, you might correct me. Might be the darkest show of the year. Oh, yeah, it might be. I don't think um, I need to correct you there. It definitely looks like it. A great morning in Germany equals a sensational night in America. Wherever you are, welcome to Red Smoke, a show with empathy for psychopaths. <laughs> and uh, speaking of psychopaths, Alex, my good friend, <laughs> there, was, there, there was a tweet from you that stuck out to me. Uh, it wasn't really a take, it was just a question. And you know, I really wanted to tweet something, but I thought I'm going to do it the douchebag way, and I'm going to ask you on a live broadcast about it. Uh, <laughs> you, you tweeted, you tweeted uh, last week. I don't know when. Uh, share your view on psychop uh, psychopathy below, or what do you think yeah. of it as a trait? Which is really interesting. And uh, you know, I was casually scrolling through a few takes and answers, and I was like, oh, well. Pity we don't get an answer from a real psychopath here, won't we? <laughs> because I don't think a psychopath is answering to something like this. Like, like he could reveal himself, man. Yes, that is a big thing why uh, I didn't actually answer that. <laughs> <laughs> well, Alex, you just... Oh, my God, you just revealed yourself, man. I'm, yeah, I'm on stream with a sexist and with a psychopath now. I... I believe, uh, you know, of course, Poppy Knox, right? I, believe, I do. I, I believe Poppy Knox answered uh, something along the lines like uh, that the term psychopath is heavily misunderstood and misused. And I would totally agree on that. Oh, yes, yes absolutely. Um, well, it's, I think most of these, let's call them dark traits, mm -hmm. are heavily misunderstood in society and mainstream media. And... It's Hollywood has done a great, a great deal with that because they used terms like psychopathy, for example, solely for murderers and that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. And that's where this notion comes from that having psychopathic tendencies, at least to some degree, is a bad thing. And this is where I disagree and where people will look weirdly and have some questions, I guess. But psychopathy can be very, very helpful. Do believe it's a bad thing. Yeah. And yeah, that's where I disagree. You know, you just said that uh, actually the, the traits many people might consider psychopathic uh, are actually quite helpful. And I would call a soldier at the Normandy or at Stalingrad or whatever uh, a great one psychopath. And it is a good thing he is. You know? Oh yes, it's funny you should mention like war times because mm -hmm. that's the the like example I used as well. Because if you think about it, um, 
these rules we have in society, for example, that you shouldn't kill another human. Mm-hmm. Um, this rule is only like encouraged when we are at peace. For example, if you go to war, then it's actually encouraged to kill humans, right? Right. So these kind of rules are all contextual and they depend on what situation you're in. And if one human, for example, decides that thousands of other humans need to die (laughs) and uh, then suddenly this rule doesn't exist anymore. And this is pretty much a big part of psychopathy that psychopath doesn't see these rules as steadfast and he decides on his own if he applies to them or not. So basically you could call a psychopath uh, someone who could be dangerous to uh, society, especially to higher authorities, right? Oh yes, absolutely. This is also where this negative notion comes from, because naturally governments and other people, like even your peers or parents, Mm. for example, um, are afraid of a man that doesn't bond or isn't bound to rules, you know? Mm. And there is some danger to this, obviously, because in the end, if one man can decide whatever he wants to do on his own, then there is some danger involved if at some point he goes crazy, for example. Mm-hmm. And this is where these dark traits are very, very powerful, but also very dangerous because you have to, yeah, you have to control yourself when you use them properly. Absolutely. Uh, Alex, there was, there was one guy, I was really like studying this threat because I find it so interesting. Uh, and there was one guy who uh, said, uh, because you were asking, share your view on psychopathy below, okay? And, yeah. and one guy answered, well, it is overall negative because emotions are what makes life great. What oh, is yeah. What is your take on it? You remember, right? Uh, what is your take on that? Yeah, it's funny because I didn't actually understand the, the connection he made there. Because psychopathy really has this, uh, has nothing to do with I think it's more so- sociopathy, right? Yeah, that's I think that's what he meant. Mm. And that's a completely different thing. Mm. Because a psychopath still... I mean, I'm going to use the psychopath like label now. Um, let's call it psychopathic tendencies. Because let's get this out of the way first. Um People, if you are label, if you're labeling someone as a psychopath, people usually think he is like a murderer, right? And he never bonds to any rules. But I think psychopathy is just a trait which which you can use at least to some degree. So it doesn't make you a complete psychopath. Sometimes use these traits and ignore boundaries or rules because it not only helps you. That's what people always get you. It also helps society or your loved ones, for example. Or it can. So yeah, but the point here is um, a psychopath still uh, indulges in emotions because there is no connection between being a psychopath and the emotions, in my opinion, at least. Um, And especially on Red Smoke, where we are masculinity with pleasure, right? And Mm -hmm. talk about that. This makes a lot of sense because... Emotions are very important, and there was one guy as well. He who actually, I think it was him, because I think it went a bit deeper. Um, like 
more more tweets from him mm-hmm. about this topic. I think it was him. I don't re- quite recall it. Where he said that you need to incorporate your emotions and um, like act on them to some degree. And for some reason, he thought this is different from the psychopath or the psy- psychopathic yeah, trait. Yeah. And I quite didn't quite understand this because this really has nothing to do with each other, in my opinion. I mean, uh, speaking of his first argument or his first uh, take, he says overall negative emotions are what makes life great. Uh, that's kind of like a straw man because uh, I wouldn't disagree with what he says. Yes, emotions are what makes life great. At least uh, it's a part of what makes life great, right? Yeah, absolutely. But, um, yeah, I, w- I would call it a straw man argument because it it, uh, it doesn't really, you know, it has nothing to do with uh, the term psychopath itself. And uh, Alex, I think we're going to use this term more often in this stream than, than we want to. Uh, <laughs> it, what, what is, like, uh, from your point of view, give me one example of a, of someone you would consider a psychopath like from fiction or uh, someone who actually lived, like I'm, I'm always thinking Hannibal Lecter, someone, someone like that, right? Which could actually be wrong, because of yeah, course I, mean, I was, I was conditioned by media and stuff like that. So, yeah. <laughs> uh, what, what would be someone you would consider a psychopath uh, from your point of view, from your understanding of what is a psychopath? Well, personally, I see this with two different lenses. There is a, an over-the-top psychopath who really just has no boundaries and doesn't bound to any rules at all, mm-hmm. which is usually what you get from Hollywood. Like, for example, even Walter White. Right. Um, but he, he becomes this kind of person. And we can, we or we will rather talk about this later. But mm-hmm. Hannibal Lecter, for example, is someone I think he was who was born like that or at least had some... Some situations happened to him that made him a full-on psychopathic killer, pretty much. Mm. And it is, that's really not what I think about uh, when I think about healthy psychopathy, which um, medical people will tell you is not possible to be healthy psychopathic. <laughs> <laughs> but I think you can. A pretty easy example really is Kate, um, for example. Mm. When he said and the current situation with COVID, that you shouldn't bond to the mask rule, or you shouldn't obey to these rules. Oh, yeah. Which is really a very simple and easy display of psychopathy, because you do not obey the rule that the government or other people have uh, opposed upon you, right? And this is part of psychopathy or psychopathic trade, because that's really the boundary you are breaching there. And the benefit is that not only are you like protecting your own health because um, these masks really do nothing, and your own like masculinity and your own um, morals and honors, mm-hmm. it's also, if you think about it in the long run, better for society if someone stands up against these oppressions and all of that. Right. I mean, it's a whole different topic, but just to get the idea that there are planet-wide differences within the psychopathic trait in people. And this is where Hollywood and society gets this wrong, that psychopathy is really always a bad thing, because I really don't think it is. 
Yeah, you know, you just uh, you were just mentioning uh, like again Hannibal Lecter, and you said yeah. uh, maybe this was some kind of trauma who made him who he is, which uh, many people would probably consider uh, what it means to be a psychopath. Uh, again, I would like to take one uh, another another answer from the thread you you uh, have written. Uh, actually, it was from a girl, I think. I wrote it down so that there was no um, misunderstanding. So you, again, you were asking, uh, share your view on a psychopathy below. And one girl answered, it is weak. Defense mechanisms to suppress emotion is a trauma response, which means you're just as much of a mentally ill little bitch as someone who can't control their emotions. Your disease is just more productive in capitalism. Your eternal world is still an empty pile of shit. <laughs> all right, man, it's free speech and all this stuff. That's a lot of projection there. Uh, <laughs> sure. <laughs> so, so I, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's funny. I actually didn't see that uh, reply. Yeah, it, it was one of those replies where you, uh, you know, you have to dig deep, which is like at the bottom, and you have to like click. Uh, do you want to show uh, controversial tweets as well? And I'm like, dude, this whole thread is like controversial, but whatever. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, obviously, uh, from a female perspective, which is heavily like drenched in emotions, this might seem weird. Mm. But it, again, I'm again confused. I guess it's media and Hollywood. Why people make this connection between psychopathy and emotions? Um, because I think those are completely different things. Mm -hmm. And I mean, what she's really uh, aiming there is the trauma response. And I do agree I think these traits, these dark traits, some people say you are at least to some degree born with them. That's also yeah. what science yeah. says to some degree. Um, but I think the environment shapes you the most. You might have maybe tendencies when you're born, genetically or in some other way. But them surfacing is really dependent on the environment you grow up. And there's another thing. Another trait, one of one of these dark traits, is narcissism, right? Yeah. Just gonna uh, make a quick segue there. And the funny thing about narcissism is because everyone tells you if you are too much looking for yourself and being selfish, then that this is a bad thing. But if you think about it, our whole society is built on narcissism. I mean, Instagram is pretty much narcissism, right? So this it, is this. It exploits this, uh, this yes. tendency of ours, right? Exactly, and this is pretty much the uh, this whole hypocritical thing I always get with these dark traits, and it's the same with psychopathy. People yeah, but... put this emotional thing on it and say it's it's a bad thing mm -hmm. because they may have been on the end of a apparently psychopathic guy, especially in a women's case. I guess she's really just projecting some sort of bad breakup from the past, which mm. mostly is just a guy that wasn't really in love, maybe, and couldn't be bothered about it, and suddenly he's a psychopath. <laughs> I mean, yes. it's not that easy. Absolutely. Yeah, you you came to, to Daddy Alexander. He's going to take care of you. No problem. Oh, yeah. <laughs> no problem. <laughs> We are ruthless to make all things adorable. It's Red Smoke live from Berlin. And uh, Alex, one thing about Twitter, though, uh, I gotta say, you know, um, 
yeah, with all the black and white pictures we, we have as profile pictures, yes, I'm guilty as well. But, um, you know, there's one thing, I, I, I wanted to ask you this before the stream, but but I'm going to forget about it, so i got to ask, did I miss something again? You know, those red eyes, what's up, <laughs> what's up with that? Man, it's making me go crazy. <laughs> it's it's again it's one of those things i'm like did i miss something no man i i haven't gotten uh much sleep lately so Ooh. my eyes are a bit red you Ooh, know okay. <laughs> well, how, how, <laughs> they, they are glowing man <laughs> yeah no um, no i think it's it's you know this is a, a meme i think actually with these glowing red eyes and but not the way i did it everywhere yeah it's yeah and to be honest, maybe I'm too old, but I don't really know what this meme is about. And to be honest, again, I don't care. I just like this um, this this image with black and white, like sort of guy, and uh, these red glowing eyes. It's mm. it has some some dark theme to it, and I enjoy that a lot. Yeah, it's like I, I'm just like I, I don't want to be uh, you know maybe six months in the future. Everyone has those red eyes, and I I do not. It's the same like with Bitcoin. And in the end, I was like, "Why did nobody tell me?" So, 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 I, I just wanted to go uh, to make sure. <laughs> oh man, it's five eighteen a.m. in Germany. I need a coffee, man. And by coffee, I mean like powerful hallucinogens and stuff. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh, man. Yeah. Now, now, now's the time you got the end results, like from last year, twenty twenty. And uh, did you know, statistically, never have people watched TV so much. You know, by TV, I mean, like, not only TV, but also, like, Netflix and streaming services. People have watched TV so much more than ever before in history. Yeah, I'm not surprised by this at all. Absolutely. Uh, this this might be just my pretty grim outlook on society as a whole. <laughs> um, but, yeah, when I think when this started, this whole corona lockdown thing in the in March or April, mm -hmm. I don't quite recall... And Netflix was making like 25% more oh, yeah. overall in just one month. This really just reinforced my notion that most people are living in a sort of drunken stupor their whole life, pretty much existing. Mm. And it's really things like um, not understanding the, themselves and their, their dark cause and what they could be doing with their life if they really put in the yeah isn't it interesting that uh you know you have like a pandemic and the only thing people are thinking about is like toilet paper and uh, netflix yeah. subscription because otherwise you're probably going to die yeah i mean i don't know how this <laughs> toilet paper gonna save you but i mean yeah yeah what can you say about it i mean it's really just how People were raised really in this society, and I'm not gonna lie, I have been the same in the past, um, which is exactly the topic of today's dream. Um, I was this kind of guy, merely existing. Actually, I thought it's a great thing to be the cock in the system. Yeah. That was really my mental setup. I thought, yeah, well, I'm doing my thing for the whole machine to run properly. If I look back now, I'm disgusted by this kind of person I was back then. Yes. Um, but I guess it's part of growing up. I mean, people, you see this a lot on, on Twitter, that if you, where people say, if you're not disgusted by yourself from five years ago, you haven't been growing. 
And I agree with that. I mean, you don't need to be specifically disgusted, but at least looking back and thinking, well, what kind of a guy was I back then? And I'm much better off now. That's at least uh, pretty much the foundation and the baseline of what should be happening. Correctly. Uh, you know, there was actually something I remember I wanted to add. You know, this is like uh, everybody who's listening, this is like unscripted. So uh, uh, moments like this can happen. You know, it was so interesting what you said before about, um, you know, psychopaths. And then we were talking about how that actually people are better when they are on their own. When we talk about individuals, you know, and society is promoting like the like the opposite, like together we are strong. And uh, I believe it was you either on your website or on some thread on Twitter that you said uh, people weren't actually made to live in big cities, but more like tribes. Oh, yes. And, and that's the, uh, that actually uh, mirrors what you just said. Yes, absolutely. I, I mean, there's scientific evidence on all, all ends for this. Um, you can start with the Dunbar number. I don't know if you're familiar with that. No. Which states that um, a human can really only like remember and handle up to 250 close connections, like 250 quote-unquote friends, mm -hmm. is at least something you can remotely handle in your in your brain. Everything above that, people get lost, which um, means the 1,000 Facebook friends you have are not really your friends. <laughs> I mean, shock, I know. Um, but also, if you think about it, Back in the in the when we lived in tribes, everyone had a connection to the, the people around him. Everyone knew each other, and everyone had their sort of task and job to do <clears throat> to make the tribe survive. Right now, if you go out on the street, you see people, but you don't know them. You have no connection to ninety nine percent of people you see. So you are actually living completely alone, even though you are surrounded by people. This is something people haven't or society and yeah the people living in it haven't understood so far and it was a big shock once i realized it myself <clears throat> that even though we are more connected than ever like social media and um, phones and all of that we are more we are lonelier than we've ever been right because we have no connections to these people at all yeah, it's, and it's, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it sounds like a cliche what you're saying because th these are words i heard like a million times but um, you know what's funny is that that society actually promotes this behavior. You know, I, I hear this so often. I mean, I mean, how can you, how can you like uh, say something against the the term "together we are strong"? Like, like society would say, <laughs> who who argues against that? But actually, if, but but actually, <laughs> oh my god, yeah. I mean, if you think about it, it makes sense. Yeah, but 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 uh, when you when you are a kid and when you're in school, like everybody tells you, yeah, together we are strong. You know, we gotta stick together. We uh, that's why we, yeah. It's crazy, man. No, it's it's actually set up pretty well. Mm -hmm. I gotta give them credit for that because the underlying notion is correct. Together we are stronger, but um, we are not living really together in these cities. That is the point. I mean, physically, yes, but not in like the human sense. Mm -hmm. These tribes back then were stronger together because everyone had to work with each other to get it or to keep it running. 
but these days you can like be totally fine alone even though there are thousands of people around you mm. every day literally and you are usually even better off alone is what i would say uh, like not being completely alone but minding your own business pretty much instead of being um concerned with what your neighbors do and yeah. <laughs> what the next guy on social media is doing uh, you're usually better off focusing on your own life yeah but again it's something that society doesn't promote actually we are encouraged to you know go to school and learn things that a thousand other people learn at the same second you know so so uh, what what i mean is the individual is not uh promoted you know oh definitely I, i believe i believe you you are talking a lot about like worker drones and sheep yes if that's what you mean right yeah exactly and yeah i mean we said at the beginning that this that this uh, episode is going to be very dark and mm. <laughs> i'm going to be diving a bit deeper because most people are raised and made into sheep and i mean i've have been the same in the past is i mean I got the same education. Mm-hmm. Actually, I don't know if it, how it is in other countries, but the German school system was initially designed to create officers for the military. Yes. So there was a, a straight line these people got in. I, I think you could choo- you could choose between three like occupations, but that's pretty much it. Like different um, stages of the officer um, education, and this is still exactly the same way these children are quote-unquote educated mm-hmm. and the individual is really not like of interest to society and how the government set it up because if you are individually doing your own thing you are not contributing to the corporate machine right mm-hmm. because i mean actually you are contributing to the The money-making, obviously, because you produce something that creates money and um, brings in tax. But the corporate machine needs to run. And for this, it needs simple robots, really, which is what most humans are these these days. Correctly. Set up as a worker drone, just doing your thing, which is spending your best healthy years working on the meat grinder, Like every day, commuting hours to work in a box, which, <laughs> yeah, pretty much ruins your health mm. with other people around you in the same boxes. Then you sit in another box in your office with ilu- badly illuminated light, which ruins your soul. And then you go back and look into another box where there is some hypnosis happening on your TV, yeah, which keeps you in exactly the same situation. And uh, this is if you think about it, actually a very, very brutal and cold truth that your life is really, for most people, just being a sheep and having to do what they are told, helping other people get their dreams happening or make their dreams happening. And this is something I discovered actually quite late. Well, I don't know if it's late, but in my late 30s, uh, my late 20s in my life. And I didn't like that at all. Obviously, right? And <laughs> then I went on a journey to to fix that. 
Yeah, I mean, all all that you just said. I mean, imagine for a second that would be true, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh <right>. man. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, obviously I, it's just fiction, right? I mean, obviously, man, it, it's right. You know, right now, I, I believe I'm gonna tune off and I'm gonna go to Netflix for like 30 minutes because I need I need some I need some positive vibes, you know. <laughs> yeah, that makes sense. Actually, actually, man, I I miss the part of gathering around a TV. You know, like uh, we already talked about like movies and TV shows. Like uh, there's yeah. a, there's a beauty in like sharing sharing an experience like that. You know, problem is there are actually no shows that would be suitable, which is a, which which is a good transition to the topic of this week. But uh, yeah, yeah, I think. It's true because um, if you think about it, usually you need some sort of show that just works on its own, on its episodes, you know. But most shows these days are really just set up in a way that if you jump in in the middle with some of your friends, you really have no idea what's happening. Right. And this is also another thing to keep you addicted to these things because they are virtually set up in a way, all these episodes and shows, that you have to keep watching, that you have to keep You're looking into this box and um, wasting your very, very uh, scarce lifetime on these things. And yeah, people don't want to, like, yeah, really, they don't want to understand this reality to some degree because it would show them how dark the world really is. Mm. It's, just, it's this whole new culture of like this binge watching. I mean, this this yeah. term hasn't existed a few yeah. years before, and now it's it's pretty normal thing. Yeah, I mean, think about it. Just when someone does this, for example, 12 hours of looking into the same box while not moving, just think about you yourself observing that person standing next to them for 12 hours yeah. <laughs> and what they're doing there. Like really just watching into this thing, pretty much turning off their brain and not doing like anything of worth. Mm. I mean, if you are on your deathbed, Looking back, would you really like think, oh yeah, great, I watched 12 hours of this weird ass show <laughs> instead of like trying to change society or trying to change history or just even if it's just going on vacation, seeing the world, you know, this beautiful planet, whatever it is. Um, instead, you are all sitting in front of a yeah, TV and watching 12 hours of some random show. I mean, That's really sad if you think about it. I mean, at least make sure it's a good show. You yeah, know, well. at least at least it should be like of good quality. I mean, uh, yeah, definitely. But I think I still don't think you have to watch it for 12 hours. Sure, sure. <laughs> This binge watching is really, really a weird thing to me. I mean, there's obviously nothing wrong with watching TV shows. I mean, I do it myself. Sure. But um, it's just that I also do other things which are important and help me like live and not just exist, which is in my case, uh, the big difference. Look, if you are a grown, grown up man, and you can, you can tell me that you have watched like a whole series the last week, then something's wrong. And, oh, I'm, yeah. not, and I'm not ashamed to say that because I've been this way. I actually have the right to say that I've, I've been this way and I binge watched so many series and so many of them were so shitty. Uh, yeah, give me back my time, man. 
<laughs> yeah. yeah, people always think that we are like talking from our ivory tower, right? But we're really not. We did the same things. And um, right. especially with the topic today, I mean, I've been exactly the same person. Like many of the listeners might be as well, which is the really important part. Um, at some point, you have to realize that you are wasting your precious lifetime on these things. Especially if you like binge it for a whole week. Yeah, and like for solely, uh, you know, entertainment purposes. Yeah, I mean, but was it really entertainment? I mean, it's because if I think back, um, I have obviously binge watched shows as well. And thinking back, it's the same with video games, really. Um, after I was done with it, I didn't really enjoy the whole experience. Thinking back. Yeah, Maybe I mean, it's just yeah, something yeah. to me, I don't know. But I really felt like I didn't really do something there mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. it sort of had a, a negative notion to it i couldn't really put my um, um, yeah put a point on it at that at that time but uh, now i understand what the issue really was mm. it's uh you know there's even an example where where you can see it better uh again i'm talking from my own experience but you know watching porn oh yeah and, and when you watch porn who 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 is like afterwards Man, I'm glad I did that. Man, I'm, gl <laughs> I'm glad I just coomed myself, man. I'm so glad. Yeah. You know, like who? Yeah. Like, like who? <laughs> yeah, it's this false sense of accomplishment. And this is also where these whole things work out so well. And people don't understand this video games, porn, all of that. All they do really is giving you a sense of achievement that you did something, mm -hmm. at least in like a conscious mind for a second. For example, if you get some sort of achievement in your video game that you climbed some random online ladder, I don't know, and you are now the fifth best player, yeah. and this is some sort of achievement. And especially for men, this is very important because we always want to achieve something. Anything, really. That's what drives us. Yeah. A conquest. It's what I always call it. And these things keep you addicted because there's always more. There's always another like conquest to do another challenge it's the same with porn where there is literally an unlimited amount of videos you can watch and this keeps you addicted to these things and keeps you like yeah a sheep really because you do these things instead of mm. creating something in the real world and this is very well set up yeah i mean do i want to tell my kids one day oh by the way i uh, i reached i reached the second place in like some some uh video game tournament awesome. yeah it doesn't awesome even exist game. anymore yeah, yeah <laughs> congratulations oh man yeah that's or, really it um, yeah. that people don't think about but yeah it's really the the short-term pleasure at the cost of the long-term success really mm -hmm. is what i have noticed myself that you try to pleasure yourself in the long in the short run with these things but you don't ever think long term what it really does and um, if there is something to this this life you have that is, makes it worthwhile. Absolutely. All right, Alex, let's smoothly transition to today's topic, which yeah. actually would be, you know, I, I wouldn't encourage like binge watch a series or like, like watch a movie. I, I would encourage uh, go out and do something, you know, like, like uh, create something actually. But if you if you have decided you know you to 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 watch like a TV show or anything, uh, if if there's really no other way, 
you know what's Breaking Bad. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Alex, I assu- Alex, I assume you have you have seen the show from from start to finish. I did, yes. It's been a while, probably. Yeah, it's been a while. Yeah. All right. What's your take on the show? Like your first reaction, your, your first verdict that comes to your mind when you think about this show. I think this show is actually very close to reality for some people. Mm-hmm. And well, let's put it this way: the beginning how Walter White is introduced is I think how most men actually live these days, mm-hmm. especially in the West and how the show proceeds is really what should most men be doing. This is my verdict really, but they don't. So that's an issue, but we're gonna fix this today. I think. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I mean, I mean the pilot episode, uh, the the first episode of the show already establishes everything, and it's it is uh, genius writing from from the creator Vince uh, Gilligan, uh, because I believe you can you can even explain this uh, much better than I do. Uh, I'm I'm just thinking from a writing standpoint, like just looking at Breaking Bad as a piece of art, and if you if you watch it like as a, as a screenwriter and stuff like that. You're asking, you're seeing, of course, Walter White as a character in a piece of fiction. And logically, uh, you're always asking when you write a character, what is the one thing that this character lacks? What is he missing in his life? And that's actually a good way to start, to, to kick this whole thing off. What's the one thing that Walter White, the, the character that Brian Cranston uh, plays, what does he lack? What is he missing in his life? And I don't know how well you remember the first episode, but there's actually everything everything you need is in there. Uh, you know, we see the it's it's a common trope in 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 uh, screenwriting. You know, this day in the life, and we just yeah. see like a like a regular life. He works in the probably worst paid job, you know, according to the work to pay ratio there is. Uh, he's a teacher for chemistry. And he deals with disrespectful high school students. You know, it's not really exciting. It's nothing special. You know, and 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 the worst thing is, despite being a brilliant chemist, you know, he is uh, he's underappreciated and often demeaned, which is like a, like an overkill. And <laughs> if you if you think further, he he works in a he works a second job in a car wash. Yeah, and and I still I don't know if you remember I still remember the struck I felt the, this little tuck in my belly when he was mm-hmm. watching he, when he was washing that car he was on his knees and yes. and one and one of his students approached him with a beautiful girl on his side and said oh hello Mr. Wright uh, make those tires look shiny right I was like man yes. oh that, that 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 hurt me <laughs> yeah that, that's really. I think this is also the great thing about this show and especially the first episode. I actually just now remember that you said it. And this scene was really, really, I think, hitting home too hard, yes. too heavily, man. Because <clears throat> you see, the, the great thing about um, Walter White is that he is actually a very brilliant chemist. So yes. he is magnificently good at his job, actually. But he cannot use it. He cannot use his like talent or his yeah, his purpose rather because he's very good at this what he could be doing but he cannot use it and because that's really a great display of modern society mm-hmm. he has to work two jobs to get his family around yep. and himself and then he actually get, has to get on his knees 
and is made fun of by some some stupid ass teenager and that is really when you rethink your whole life and <clears throat> where you might have gone wrong and why this happened at all yeah <clears throat> i guess it's also a lot of people always have this sort of rock bottom and um, before they fix themselves and get themselves going i mean even uh, famous people like the rock said he had at some point seven dollars to his name and this rock bottom thing is it doesn't always have to be money because in my case it wasn't the money thing it was a uh, like a time and mental thing where I noticed pretty much like Walt White himself yeah. that this life he's living or I was living at this point does not not only not make you happy, it's actually very sad and you literally despise it. And yeah, Walter White, to get back to your question, I think what he was lacking, especially in the first episode, this is very clear, is a purpose and meaning Correctly. in his life. Yeah. Yeah, and this is what most men are lacking these days, which is why I have been teaching this mm -hmm. uh, for like years now, that you need something to strive for. And yeah, I mean, we'll get to this, but uh, sometimes understanding that and finding that purpose means that you have to break bad, especially in some parts of your mm -hmm. life. And this is a a tough process, but it's a very important process. I mean, I would argue it's probably the most important task of your whole life. Oh, yes. And, uh, yeah. Like, like uh, I still remember on our first episode on uh, Red Smoke, we were talking like red pill and blue pill bullshit. And, and, and I still remember I said to you, I'd rather be a blue-pilled guy, but with a clear purpose, with a dream, yes. than be a red-pilled guy, but uh, not knowing where my life is going. I mean, I know all the truths, but I don't have a purpose. Oh, no, no, no. I, I'd rather have the opposite. Oh, yes, absolutely. And this is something I have discovered yeah, while doing it and while indulging in finding my purpose, that mm -hmm. this was really the thing that I was missing the most. And this is really something, I think this is true for all men, literally all men, that it's just something that is built within your masculinity that you need something that yeah drives you whatever it might be it doesn't really matter if you want to be the most successful video game player i don't care maybe it's your purpose and you i mean people are making millions of dollars with it so it's fine i guess but you have to choose your purpose yourself and you have to or you have to find it i mean it's more a thing of finding it than choosing it although you can choose it but yeah, it's a different point. And the point here really is, especially with Walter White, he very much notices that, notices that everyone is really just using him as a sort of ATM machine and a yes. provider, really. I mean, even his family. And <clears throat> he has the other issue that also his son, I think his son, right, is disabled. Yeah, he's like handicapped. Yeah, and yeah, he's like handicapped. And, oh, yeah, and, and and which is also interesting as well is he looks up to his uncle instead of his father. I'm yes. still I'm still talking about the first episode and I'm still talking about only act one. Yeah. Know, like the first 10, 15 minutes and all of this is established there. Uh, yeah, he's like, I, I don't want to say like uh, God punished him. But, <laughs> th th you know, there's there's nothing uh, you can do if, if your if your kid is disabled in some way. You know, but that's just like that's just like one one drop more. You know, 
and uh, yeah. I'm also thinking like his marriage with his wife with his yeah. wife is not exactly passionate. Still can remember <laughs> like 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 uh, she jerks him off or some stuff, and it, it was really like comically. There's no there's no like oh yeah passion. just yeah yeah I remember I think, it man again yeah, really, just to get it over with yeah it's 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 uh, it's just like the scene with the uh, at the car wash it's really something that 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 sticks with with someone because it's yeah. so it's so it's not cringy it's uh it's it's hard to 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 watch i mean it's yes, just exactly. it's just a piece of fiction but man that, that that's, that's just an indicator for this brilliant writing oh and the worst thing about walter white's life is he even gets veggie bacon on his birthday I believe that, I believe <laughs> oh, yeah. I believe uh, that was what uh, <laughs> what what made him break bad. Yeah, I think that was uh, that was too much. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. No, but um, it is really the the tough thing about the first very first episode is um, you think it's fiction, you know, really it's just a character in a in a scene mm-hmm. or in an episode, and subconsciously, however, you realize that this is your own life. At least for most people, I guess it was the case. You you can't put your your finger on it. What's really the point is, or where where it's coming from? This yeah, feeling yeah. in your gut that something is wrong. But that was definitely the feeling for me when I watched it. Mm-hmm. I remember this. Uh, I thought, why am I feeling so bad now? <laughs> <laughs> and um, it was really not because it was uh, like a sad scenario or something. It was because it was a display of my own life, mm-hmm. and. This wasn't actually the wake up call for me, but um, or this uh, this show, but it definitely was something. I guess subconsciously made me realize that something is wrong. It came way later for me, but mm-hmm. um, Breaking Bad was definitely was definitely something that I think influenced it a lot. <clears throat> I like that you just used the word wake up call because uh, this would lead us to Act Two. Of this of the first episode, which is the inciting incident, which is yes. the cancer diagnosis, which I would call the wake up call. Oh yeah, uh, which you just said, uh, which you can also translate into Walter White is suddenly faced with his own mortality. You know, and yes. again, and again, like he's he's he gets lung cancer without ever having smoked before. Yeah. Pretty bad, right? <laughs> yeah, that's but, that's but, tough. Yeah, but to um to to sum it up, he's suddenly faced with his own mortality, and uh, I don't know. Do do you really need? Do you really have to uh, develop cancer to realize you're mortal? <laughs> no, you don't have to. Um, I think it's just because it's obviously a drama show, so they right. needed something something heavy. But um, for me, it really wasn't some sort of illness or losing like um, friends, families, and money. For me, it was a certain situation one evening. But I'm gonna get to this in a second. But the the funny thing I was remembered when I saw this was, I think Naval Ravikant said this once, uh, a quote from Confucius actually, that says, "A man has two lives." And the second life starts when he realizes he has only one. Mm-hmm. And this quote stuck with me for a very long time because this was exactly what happened to me. And it's exactly what happened to men in their midlife crisis. Uh, like when they're 40, 50 or something and they realize that this life sucks. Some do, not all of them obviously, but some do. 
or the life they are in. And then they, you know, they get divorced or something and they buy this Ferrari with the money or whatever and drive around. And people always look funny at these kind of guys in their midlife crisis. Society makes fun of them. But I feel these guys very much. Oh, yeah. And oh, yeah. because, I mean, it's tough that late in your life to realize that you wasted like most of it. Mm. And some guys, like in my case, are lucky enough to have what it's called a quarter life crisis, which is exactly what happened to me when I was, I think, 27, 28, something like that. Mm. Um, yeah, let's just uh, have the story. It was nothing crazy. I was just on the on the couch with my wife after I came home from my shitty nine to five job, which I hated, which I had to commute two hours a day to get there. Mm. And in the evening, after eating some highly processed food, we went on the couch, starting some Netflix, stuffing even more sweets in your face. And then the funny thing was this, we put on this show, but both of us were scrolling Facebook while the show was running. And I think she said to me, are you even watching the show? Like in some sort of, um, she was trying to be mad at me for not watching the show. And at that point I realized, hold on a second. I'm watching this show, which I don't really like. Um, I'm sitting on this couch after coming home from my stupid ass job I hate. And I'm scrolling through Facebook, which does nothing. Mm-hmm. What am I doing with my life? This was really the, the point where I realized, hold on. What is this? What's really the point of all this? And it took me still, I think, over a year to finally understand what I need to do. But at this, this was really the the breaking point, right? Um, where I realized that, okay, this is really not the life I want to live. And I actually despise how it is playing out right now. Before, I was totally fine with being the cork in the system. But at this point, I understood yeah, no, that's really not how I am going to live any more years in my life. Mm-hmm. Whatever it takes and whatever I have to do, I will change this life. That's just not, yeah, not happening to me. That's and very, yes. Yeah, just one more thing. And that's exactly um, what happened. Well, not exactly, obviously, but that's what happened to Walter White when he got uh, his his terminal illness or the, the message from it. Yeah, He understood that the the days in his life are very finite and uh, they are numbered which is the same what i understood at this point that my life at some point will end and i need to put some life into this life to put it that way and this is what walter white notices his uh, as well the only difference is obviously that he didn't have as much days left as i do well as far as i know you never know right but uh, <laughs> uh considering he was told that he has terminal cancer pretty much puts some numbers on your life and this is when he realized that this life he was living is not at all what he wants in his life and it's the same that happened to me and yeah that's really the the, the important part here that you need some sort of wake up call yeah it's uh that was very personal from you and i believe i can i can uh Talk for everybody who's listening. Uh, just a short thank you for for being this open about yeah, your sure. uh, your past life. Uh, you know, you were my compliments, man. You were a class A consumer. 
Oh yeah, like watching <laughs> watching Netflix without actually watching Netflix while yeah. scrolling Facebook. This is uh, I'm actually wow. That's uh, <laughs> my respect to you, man. <laughs> however, yeah, it was how, great AC. Yeah. <laughs> however, I would I would argue um, that this wasn't like you said breaking point. I would really like to uh, dig deeper into that now. Uh, I wouldn't call it a breaking point. I would call it the inciting incident. Like, like yeah. okay, you didn't you didn't develop cancer or something like that, but it was just a like a. I, be, I believe you said it even better, like a wake up call. But yeah. um, I would like to go one step further now because I believe there's a difference between like a wake up call or an inciting incident, and to actually break bad. Oh yeah, you know there's yeah, I, uh, I um I was researching a little bit and I'm a huge fan of Vince uh, Gilligan, the creator and writer of Breaking Bad, and uh, he was asked in an interview, "What does Breaking Bad even mean or to break bad?" And he said it's an old Southern expression, and it means to raise hell. It's really, <laughs> nice. really cryptic. What's what's your take on that? What what, what does to break bad mean to you? Well, I actually like this uh, expression, even though I didn't know about it, to raise hell. I wanted to think about it because, um, yeah, people might not like this, but it's, I think, a very important part. After your wake-up call and when you decide to change your life for the better, yeah. you will, um, yeah, delve into chaos in your life. Because it's, it's weird, but all of a sudden, you are not the same person anymore. You just aren't. You just cannot be the the nice guy anymore to to your wife or to your friends or whatever, because um, you can also not be anymore the the heavily and nice working drone at work. You're just completely different all of a sudden, and I cannot describe why this happens or how it happens. Yeah, but there is this moment where everything just changes. It's like a click in your head from this wake up call, as you um, said correctly, and. At that point, obviously, well, hell will rise because your whole life is now in chaos. Everything you do is now, like, you, you hate it pretty much. And you hated it before, but now you realize it consciously. Yeah. And this, well, at least it happened to me. And I think it uh, happens to a lot of guys who go through this phase. And for some, it, it works out fine that most of um, their life pretty much stays the same they're just, just just different and people like adapt to it but for some it means completely like losing friends wives relatives etc and this is also what, what men are afraid of when they try to unplug or unchain themselves from mm-hmm. the shackles of society that they might be losing these people but i think if you really lose these people they weren't meant to be with you anyway um because this is in the end your own path you have to go Mm. and people are on for the right or not that's their decision not yours this is a very important thing people have to understand you don't choose who is with you most of the part i mean obviously you choose your your partner but if they decide to stay with you is in the end their own decision Mm. and yeah this is a very liberating but also very very like emotionally tough part which you have to go through in your life oh, yeah. but this will teach you truly a lot about yourself 
which is very, very important, in my opinion. I believe you just gave me a kind of a solution. You know, uh, the context is irrelevant now, but you just said, uh, you just like said the word do in a way that made made a click for me now, because I was asking what, what does it mean to break bad? And actually that's the answer, to do. You know, and, and that's actually yes. what also happens with Walter White. He becomes an active person. He's because all of this uh, when I'm talking about the first episode, he's a very passive person, and everything like uh, happens to him. And then there's yes. like this switch uh, right after he he develops cancer or he gets the information that he has uh, his terminal illness. Uh, suddenly he becomes active. Yes, and I usually like to um, phrase it this way: before you lived accidentally, and now you live intentionally. And this is really a big difference and because, yeah, as you said, you do now and you actually do the things you like and you do things towards your life instead of just having things happen to you towards your life, rather. Absolutely. And this is a huge difference in your whole life because you're finally an active player in this life instead of like the NPC, as it's fashionable to be called <laughs> these days. And... Yeah, this is uh, truly the very important part, because if you really want to change something about your life and you really want to live a life you like, then you have to actively do something about it. Mm -hmm. Nobody is going to wake up and say, all right, how am I going to change David's life today? Yeah. Uh, that's just not happening. So <laughs> you have to do it yourself always. I actually um, I Googled it, the, the term Breaking Bad. You know, there's yeah. like this, you know, the Urban Dictionary or what's it called? Yes. I would like to read it out loud for everybody who's listening. Uh, to break bad is to reject social norms for one's own gain or amusement and to give up on the typical moral and social norm and go one's own path, regardless of the legality or ethics. How does that sound to you? That's fantastic. Fantastic, like right? That. Yeah. Yes. It's actually very well um, written from the old dictionary there. I'm impressed. I, mean, I have to say, I, I was just reading this and I'm like, I, I like that. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's it's not like like in, a, in an eloquent way or like the, the choosing of words, but it's like, uh, that, 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 yeah, that sounds like something I want to do. <laughs> yeah, this is exactly where you are breaking bad, my friend. Yeah. yeah. So, <laughs> like, so, yeah. Yeah. No, it's not um, conforming to these social norms or like not always, especially um, going your own, like really forging your own path and your own empire, etc. This is really something I think is deeply ingrained in many men, but they obviously are afraid to do it. And it's exactly what Walter White then will be doing after he gets his wake up call. He finally does what he likes to do without any social norms involved into it. Mm -hmm. Because he really just, um, yeah, I mean, he then starts to cook meth, right? And which is a chemist, a chemistry thing, obviously. And, but his meth is apparently the best meth around on the market, the cleanest one, because he's just mm -hmm. that good at his job, right? So while cooking and selling drugs might not be the, the thing he always like needed to do in his life but finally being good at his craft 
and actually getting to show it to people and doing it every day. This is what he was looking for all his life. And this is what most people are looking for. Or most men, rather, all their life. I really like that you just said uh, when you when you started. You, you said, uh, like, uh, first he was afraid, you know. And, oh, yeah. I, and, and I think his, his desire to, to make something out of his life, this desire uh, overpowered his fear. That, that, that was like the point. And I believe it was even before he actually cooked math. I mean, yeah, he took, uh, he, he withdraw his uh, savings to, to buy this RV. And, but, but, but there is this scene, and I would call it the first taste of real power, when he is shopping with his family. And there are a few guys from school who bully his son, his handicapped son, you know. And there's yeah. like and there's like something in his eyes says okay I'm not gonna take this shit anymore and he and he actually goes up to that guy and he he physically beats him yeah and and that's a, that's a there there's a taste of real power I I like his expression afterwards he's like and oh, it's it's actually funny <laughs> it's actually something I like and uh, yeah yeah it's it's great you used uh, the overcoming of fear there because that's really what happened to him there because before he was afraid of like exerting power and i mean being physically like beating up someone is an exert of power obviously if you are more powerful than the other person and this is pretty much something any man has within him now i'm not telling you to beat up people just to exert your power but yeah. just understand that technically you have this power within you And this is just one facet of the many powers any man has within him. And the first taste when you actually do it, as you said, quite correctly, this is a, also a very, yeah, pretty much a second wake-up call when you understand that there is much more within you than you are, than you think. And so far it has been buried underneath fear and social norms and uh, being the nice guy and all of that and the indoctrinations you received throughout all your Uh, growing up and when you finally break free from that be it physically or mentally or however you do it um, this is a a big thing where you finally understand all right this life can be completely different and i have all the tools i need to do it and this is really uh, yeah i remember the scene now um that was also a very great scene because you could really see as you said in his, his expression what was happening in his mind there so this is also very well played from uh what's his name again brian brian cranston and yeah brian absolutely absolutely brilliantly played it's one of oh, my yeah. favorite performances i've ever seen uh, yeah i think uh, yeah. breaking bad is definitely one of his best performances he ever did i think Probably, so yeah absolutely i mean everyone everybody on this show absolutely killed it i cannot i cannot remember a single bad uh like a single bad actor in this in this in the series they really yeah. did a great job like in casting as well so absolutely uh, yeah. yeah that's really like like if you're if you're watching this if you're listening to this and you haven't seen it yet uh, it's it's pretty good if you got the time i wish i wish i had the time to like rewatch it but uh, <laughs> i do i do not have yeah it. but i mean i think it's it's uh is it nine Oh, I don't. I don't quite remember how many episodes of it does it have, but it's quite a long show, actually. Yeah, it's five seasons, and uh, yeah, you you need some time to to get. Yeah, it. I mean, I, I would say it's worth it. I mean, it's 
you can learn a lot from like from a writing standpoint i believe it's one of the best written shows i've ever seen oh yeah uh and actually uh there there's a quote from from uh okay you won't you won't know him it's called his name is i hope i pronounce it right he's called laios agri and he's a screenwriter and he he writes books about screenwriting and there and there's a quote from him that really I'm just talking about like screenwriting and character development but if you if you take this quote and uh, transfer it to to real life there's something to be seen here and that quote is uh, a character in a in a movie must not merely desire something he must want it so badly that he will destroy or be destroyed in the effort to attain his goal then you have a good character and mm-hmm. i would i would say then you have a good life <laughs> oh yes absolutely yeah this is also uh, actually another <laughs> another one of these dark traits <clears throat> which i like a lot and society doesn't really like is really just uh, it's called spitefulness but this has a bad notion to it because i think spitefulness is really the the wrong term but it's what it's called mm-hmm. but it, what it really means is just that you do everything that is necessary to make something out of your life, even if it might destroy yourself to some degree, as yes. it's, as he said it quite well in his quote, or even parts of yourself. And this is, I think, very important and uh, also a very important part when you are unchaining yourself from this whole thing, that some things of you, some parts, just need to die. This is really something you have to let go. Whatever this might be, it's different for everyone. But it's very, very important that <clears throat> you cannot like completely change yourself, go through literal hell without something falling down behind. And this is just the nature of things, nature of balance, pretty much. So it might mean that you lose your wife, for example. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Or your closest friend because he really is trying to pull you down and keep you in his spot and the same life he had before. Or you drop something like Walter White did, which is uh, being a, what's it called, a good citizen and actually breaking pretty much any law there is about drugs. And yeah, whatever it is, this is up to you. But there is something and there are things you have to like kill off. Oh, and that's that's actually such a hard thing to answer because it's uh, I I don't I don't like to 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 uh, call people like good or bad. I believe that's mm. that's uh, that's that's such a such a invention from society. Like like oh that's a good person or that's 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 bad person. You know? um, I find it hard to answer the question because we would have to differentiate first what makes a man good or bad. You know. Um, what would you say is it possible to define good or bad because i would really like to dig uh deeper and like ask is uh walter white actually a good or bad person but first of all we would have to define it so would you say it is possible to define good and bad i mean i think it's constantly defined uh, it just depends on who you ask um it really is <clears throat> i think it's a question of perception because in the perception of society obviously he's not a good guy Mm -hmm. and even like in the perception of his family 
because he's Breaking Bad and doing these drug things, they think he is a bad guy. I, for example, think he is a good guy because of one simple reason. If you are a man who are who is living in this sort of life like he did before, mm. where you literally despise it, then you are a source of negative energy to anyone around you. And this is not this doesn't make you a good man because I mean if you think about it, he virtually hates his marriage and probably has some bad thoughts about his wife and maybe even which is a dark thing, has some bad thoughts about his handicapped son sometimes might happen. Especially yes. if he looks up to his uncle instead of his father. Mm. And if you have these kind of thoughts, you are not a good man because you are really um, yeah, ruining the energy and the life of the other people around you. And once he finally breaks bad or breaks free and does what he likes, not only does he become more happy, he actually becomes who he really is underneath the, the man he always was, I guess. And even though he might lose the people who are closest to him, he is actually now truly himself and people know what they're getting from him. You know, mm -hmm. They can see who he really is instead of a facade he's pulling up to, yeah, to conform with society. So I think a good man is a man who is true to his soul. Whatever this might mean to society or the people around him is not, in my opinion, uh, not relevant. It's relevant that he is true to himself. Mm -hmm. I believe it's a very subjective thing. Oh, I, don't yes. know, I don't know if you can objectively define good and bad. I, uh, I mean, you're an author yourself. So from a writing standpoint, uh, it's actually a good trick for everybody who's like writing fiction or, or whatever. Um, if you want to make your character look good or sympathetic in some way or you know um actually the complete uh, complete opposite of what you just said but the best trick um besides like saving the cat is let your character suffer and take it you know uh, for example we have walter white uh, and he lets his brother-in-law make fun of him i remember he has like his birthday and he has like veggie bacon and then the whole yeah. family is there, and, and they all make like fun of him, and he takes it, and 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 he lets his boss at the car wash be rude to him, and for for some reason, I mean psychologically it makes a little bit sense, uh, for some reason taking this, at least from a writing standpoint, is considered good. Yeah, but it yeah. makes a lot of sense because I mean, if you are from a writing, from a writing standpoint, you are trying to sort of fit these characters into established social norms mm -hmm. so people understand it when they read your book or watch your movie or whatever so obviously in the beginning of breaking bad he is the good guy because he does all these things you know he's a good husband and father because he takes it all and does all his deeds what he has to do and all of that because this is how society views a good man which is the complete opposite to what i view a good man but there we are <laughs> It's really hard to like uh, not get subjective with this because yeah. there, 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 for example, yeah, I, I wouldn't say uh, Walter White slash Heisenberg is like a, like the devil himself. He's actually a, not a good person. It's a, like a really great person. Um, but there's like this example 
when uh, of course you remember like Jesse Pinkman, the other character in this show. Yeah, um, and and th- there's a I believe it is season five. I don't remember it. There's like this scene where Jesse is really upset that an innocent person could die, uh, and there there you can see the coldness that has taken over Walter. You know, I'm not gonna say anything. I don't want to spoil anybody who want to watch the show. Uh, but Jesse is like not his student anymore. He's let alone his friend. Jesse is just a useful tool to him. And uh, yeah, it's. I I don't know where to draw the line. Again, this is very subjective. But there were yeah. some uh, some moments where I was like, okay, I probably wouldn't be able to go that far. Yes, I agree. I mean, I think what happens a lot. I mean, I think this even happens to people in real life that when they finally break free of their bad life, they jump from one extreme to the other. Mm-hmm. And you see, before they were the nicest guy around, didn't offend anyone. And then they, when they finally break free and understand the power within it, they are corrupted by it, as we have said before. And then they become very cold and like a real psychopath. which is where we come back to the beginning where they don't care about anyone or anything and are very cold and this is dangerous and this is why these dark traits are so dangerous Mm -hmm. because you have to understand yourself and see what you're doing really and where you are uh, like crossing a a line which I mean it's up to you if you do it or not if you enjoy it okay I guess it's your thing but if it is really useful to society and this is something I think Ivan Throne has this as a mantra of his, really, that even though you are indulging in some dark traits, they always need to have some use. You do nothing that is useless. Mm-hmm. And if you do something that really only like hurts people with no benefit, then you are doing something useless. And this is why, where you sort of... I think that this is where I draw the line, usually, that... It has to have some use for me and the people that I like, love or uh, want to be around with. And if it doesn't have this use, then I'm going too far. But in the end, being objective here is, as you said, difficult. And I mean, it's all up to everyone else uh, um, to choose how to do it. Yeah, I, I don't really agree on the whole uh, the character of the show goes from good to bad. I mean, uh, there's actually this funny trivia uh, that the creator of Breaking Bad, he he went around and, and tried to pitch the idea to many studios, and I believe ABC uh, bought the idea. And Vince Gilligan, the creator, he succeeded on his promise, I believe. Because when he went to studios and he pitched the idea, he said... I'm going to turn Mr. Chips into Scarface. <laughs> and by the way, I mean, Scarface, everyone must be familiar with him, by the way, at least if you have paid attention to the previous podcasts. Yes. And uh, for everyone who doesn't know, Mr. Pitt, uh, Mr. Pitt, Mr. Chips is a reference to the uh, 1939 movie Goodbye, Mr. Chips, which is about a reserved uh, Charles Edward Chipping who experiences first days as a teacher at a boarding school with mixed feelings and his students play a number of pranks on him. Sounds familiar to Walter White, of course. Yeah, uh, so yeah, he promised this. And uh, I mean, I was just remembered of what you said because the character of Tony Montana, what 
does he do like anything uh, any good to society i think um tony montana is another great example of someone going too heavy into these extremes um i mean we don't know exactly how he lived before i don't think he was that kind of a nice guy he always yeah, we, was... we 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 get him like like at the end of his uh, character stage like he already yes. is yeah 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 exactly yeah so we don't know exactly how he was before but i think he i think what the, his problem is is really obviously uh taking his own drugs i mean that's always a mistake and uh, like the ones he's selling but also that he enjoys this this power of it a little bit too much mm -hmm. and just for the sake of the power itself and not what it can do and then he yeah he really becomes truly a psychopath at the end i mean he doesn't care about anyone in the end and yeah this is obviously not a great way to live is it and this is also well uh yeah he had it coming in the end I'm not gonna spoil it to you, but you know. Oops! <laughs> <laughs> Damn it! <laughs> Man, I, I don't know why is it that like stories like this always have a bad ending. I mean, uh, I get it. Yeah, I, I mean, in 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 the case of Tony Montana, he he did mistakes and he coined it. Yeah, it yeah, was sure. the, the the I'm I I agree with the ending as it is uh, satisfying this way, but for some reason. Um, like when I talk about Breaking Bad, there would actually be no problem with uh, letting Walt win the whole game, if you know what I'm saying. You know, it's yes. uh, it's, it's it's hard to to uh, grab in words, but um, I don't know. For some reason, stories like this always have a bad ending. Like they're they're holding their finger to the audience and say, "See this? Don't don't get rich like ever." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think yeah. Well. Especially these days, I mean, Breaking Bad isn't from like current society. It's a bit older, but if it were to be, fortunately, man, it's, yes, it's like exactly. The it's like the last golden uh, age of television, together with Mad Men and Sopranos. And from that on, <laughs> I believe exactly. everything went downhill. Yeah, because this was really like when Hollywood and yeah TV shows peaked at that time. Yes. After that, it was a straight uh, spiral downwards, and. Because if you think about it, if Breaking Bad were to be made these days, I don't even want to think <laughs> about it, man. It's, it's yeah. Really, oh. I mean, you know exactly how it would go down. It would have some sort of transgender person and some sort of uh, like <laughs> moral statistic about wealthy people and all of that shit. I don't know. And I personally, personally, I didn't like the ending too much of Breaking Bad uh, because I really think he would have deserved to like run this empire and because yeah i mean obviously he does break very bad in the end mm -hmm. <laughs> if you want to put it this way and really loses grip with reality to some degree but still um for all he had suffered in the beginning and of his life i think it would have been nice the last few like was it months i think where what he lived uh, before yes. okay. Yes. Um, yeah, that he at least enjoyed it more. But in the end, fairness is luxury, right? So absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> Nevertheless, I would argue, like maybe the greatest character transformation on television. Oh ever yes. Put. I mean, yeah, we have like uh, I, I would say that's like basically the holy trinity of television. I would say Mad Men, Sopranos, and Breaking Bad. 
uh, those are the three essentials. You you should watch them. You know that's uh, you can learn a lot from from those three shows. But I believe the greatest character transformation is definitely that that price goes to Breaking Bad. I mean, basically, yeah, I mean, you have like you yeah. have Mr. Chips to Scarface. That's crazy. I mean, yeah, the it's, idea the idea is nice, but they actually executed it perfectly. It is the crazy thing that they actually managed to make it not only to make this transition, but also make it seem real. You know, it, yes, it doesn't feel yes. like staged at any point. Uh, it really seems like he does become that kind of person, mm-hmm. and yeah, I like that a lot, especially the. Yeah, I mean, it sparked some memes, this whole, <laughs> uh, this whole series, mm-hmm. uh, especially the "You got them right" and "I am the danger," oh, things yeah. like that. <laughs> <laughs> I really enjoyed that. I mean, because finally, it's finally he actually has self-belief mm-hmm. and confidence, which is missing in men so much these days, due to how they were raised and that they lived pretty much Walter White's life before he became heisenberg and it's it's something i teach men a lot mm-hmm. how to build their confidence and how to believe in themselves but it's definitely easier if you have some sort of wake-up call yourself it's basically what your brand is all about you know like stop yeah. sleepwalking through life pursue your dreams your desires uh yeah yeah, exactly. And it's also how I came up with the name self-conquering because um, I yeah, think makes, the first sense, thing yeah. <laughs> yeah, the first thing you have to conquer is yourself mm-hmm. and your own life and what you're doing and pretty much your mind and how you think of yourself. Because as I said, this wake-up call changes your whole perception of oh, yeah. your life. like Everything in a minute. Which is hard to describe if you never have experienced it yourself. But... This is really just a start, and then you have to go on a conquest to conquer your shortcomings, your your failures, and where you are lacking mm-hmm. yourself, pretty much, which is the name, right? And this is what I did, and this is what I teach a lot, that you really, before you try to change anything else about your life, you have to conquer yourself, and then you can go out. Alex, I, I think yes. Yeah, sorry. Please, you you talk, first. talk first. Yeah, I think this is also a great thing in Breaking Bad, because he doesn't just overnight become that kind of guy. Mm-hmm. Even though he has this wake up call through his uh, through his cancer, but he still has to face adversity and face his own issues he has and has built up over decades and like overcome them and build this confidence through what he does, which is the key to confidence, that you build it on something you do and that you achieve something. Even though it's, in his case, like selling drugs, but um, there is something that he is very good at and he builds for himself. And that is... This is also... This is why I love this show so much, because it's so real, even though it's a fictional show. Uh, (laughs) But it has so many metaphors and like hints to real life and how people live these days it's crazy alex would you say uh i remember uh, last week we had joe lampton on the show and we were talking briefly about scarface and yeah. uh, if you if you go on the red smoke channel you can see the thumbnail you have the picture from al pacino and uh right next to it you have the words uh, idol or bad influence and i would like to ask the question to walter white now would you say he's an idol or a bad influence? 
Um, society will hate me for this, but I think he is an idol. Yes, one hundred percent. Now, the profession you choose obviously is up to yourself, and uh, I mean, yeah, yeah, he does sell drugs and like make them, and even goes into other criminal activities later. Mm-hmm. Obviously, I'm not encouraging any of that. YouTube, please. <laughs> <laughs> no, but uh, the point is, put that aside. That's that's really just part of the drama of the show. You know, the the important part is that he, yeah, breaks free, and while he does it, he also breaks bad to some degree, which I think is important because if you are that kind of guy he is before, you just are too nice. In general, mm. to anyone, even to yourself, which is the key part here. You have to break bad to some degree to finally become a real man. That doesn't mean you are an asshole now. It just means that you go after things you need and want mm. and things that have to happen. And it might sometimes mean override other people's needs. And this is an important thing you have to learn. And this is where well, I think he is an idol because he shows you that quite greatly in the show uh there's one thing i would argue with uh i agree with you however there's one thing concerning his character uh like again from a writing standpoint but uh i still remember uh there were a few scenes which i'm not gonna elaborate now further but um i would say that walter white slash heisenberg whatever uh he has a very fragile ego you know, every time there are many scenes, and every time like he's he loses his power or he's he's uh, threatened to lose his power, regardless of the situation, uh, he needs to claim it back. He's not taking it in. He cannot swallow his ego, maybe because he has done it all his life. I don't know, but that's something he, you know, this whole. I would say brand. If he would be on Twitter, he would have like this huge account, like Heisenberg, like uh, <laughs> like a math wizard or something like that. I don't know. Um, wizard of math. Yes. <laughs> I need an emoji for that. Um, yeah, yeah I, I, w- I would say he his ego was was very fragile. I mean, there, there, okay, there was this one scene where he. He was driving on the street with his car, and there was like a cop behind him. I believe he he was a few miles too fast, and and Walter cannot take this. He's like, man, I, I'm I'm the drug kingpin of of uh, you know, like like his state, and there's like this 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 cop who who makes so much money in a year that I make like in a, in a day. And he yeah. th- he cannot take it. That's one thing I uh, where well, I would say uh, Walter is not an idol. I wouldn't encourage that. Yeah, I think like well, ego is a, is a yeah ego is a different thing, a mm-hmm. uh, difficult thing, because um, I think an ego is an ego is important to some degree. You have to obviously believe in yourself, what mm-hmm. you can do, and what you are doing, especially if you are successful with it. But I think it was in Game of Thrones, actually, where uh, I think Tywin once said, uh, a king, no, a man who has to say he is king is no true king. Mm. And in this regard, I think if you have to tell people that you are the greatest guy ever, instead of your successes, like making or doing the talking for you, then that is your ego talking. 
and your yeah unhealthy ego talking yes. really and because if you are really that great of a guy if he is the greatest drug king i mean obviously he cannot tell this to the cop guy to the cop um because well bad idea but still if this really is um, hitting your ego that's some some random cop which you know you are much more powerful than him than him in any regard mm -hmm. hits your ego in a in a bad spot then there is something you need to to work on and yeah i think as you said correctly this is because he has had to swallow it all his life i guess mm -hmm. so now he can finally play it out and goes over the top with it but yeah I think this is also a good part of the series that even though he is now successful and he is breaking bad and doing all these things, that there are still things he has to overcome. And because this really never changes, you and it's never finished. You're never completely done with getting yourself in order and fixing yourself. Oh, yeah. The, which, which actually reminds me of, uh, you know, there's this, I mean... Uh, the debate is still going, which which shows how beloved this show is. Um, there's this debate going that is there a turning point where Walter White becomes Heisenberg, or is this like a Doctor Jekyll and Mister Hyde thing where there are like two uh, personalities living within him? I mean, I can say like Walter White is at the same time a straight up sociopath and a family man. And he's like a brilliant scientist and a murderer. And all yeah. that, like rational in some cases and then spontaneously growing beyond himself. He's a loser and a businessman. So it's, <laughs> yeah, it's, 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 it's hard. What's your take on that? Yeah, it's tough. I mean, um, maybe he's just schizophrenic. I don't know. Mm -hmm. uh, he didn't, he didn't like know it for most of his life and this other personality just came up later, maybe. Um, but it's also a great display of the, the great writing that people are oh, still yeah. debating about this. And this character is so ambiguous, you don't really know exactly how he is, which is fantastic. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, uh, I, I guess people all also can do this in real life to some degree that they are playing a character virtually in like the family environment and are completely different in another environment and yeah people funnily enough people call this also a, a facet of psychopathy which it definitely isn't this has nothing to do with that it's just uh that you are playing a different like character and you're acting it yeah. i don't know what's the case or what the thoughts were from the director and but I like that this this character is that way, that he is like not really you can't really calculate what he will be doing. And people are afraid of this to some degree if they don't really know what they're getting from someone. Mm -hmm. But I personally maybe it's it's the dark side of me, I don't know. But I like that because it's sort <laughs> of it has some tension to it, you know, it's sort of it's exciting. You it's never not, know yeah, exactly boring, what's happening. You know? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And I, mean, I, I like I, that. I wouldn't. I wouldn't call it a strong trait that you actually no. have no control over yourself because it was like, of course, it's due to Brian Cranston's brilliant acting that there were some moments where uh, you could actually see like a devil coming out of him. Like you could yeah. see it in his eyes. Sometimes he was at home and like with his family and eating and uh, cracking jokes, 
and then someone disrespects him and you could see in his eyes like like uh oh oh shit you know that's uh yeah so brilliant writing oh yeah but you know what this does uh, this is also a thing of like these quote-unquote dog men is um yeah that they are this is some sort of power he inherits there that he can actually unleash this beast within him you know and has some sort of control over it that if someone disrespects him like this guy does and he actually gets intimidated just by seeing how he reacts to it and however this power is very yeah well powerful and many a man has may have made the mistake to overuse that and to display it too much and this is this dangerous but i think it's it's also a great mark of a man if he uh, knows how to control his inner beast, but if necessary, he can like unleash it. Yeah, I actually like the scene where uh, you, of course, know it, and, and even people who didn't see the show, the uh, I'm not in danger, I am the danger, yeah. which is clearly a demonstration, you know. He, 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 his purpose was to send like a kind of message to his wife. Yeah. to like like tell her uh, look listen i'm i'm now that kind of man you know and yeah, he wasn't purpose- it, yeah wasn't it the first scene where he actually reveals it to his wife that what he's doing to some degree i believe he did before but uh she was like yeah, making okay. jokes about it oh yeah and he was like do you even know uh, how much money i make and he says like uh the the money I make it it could actually be listed on the Nasdaq and stuff like yeah. that. And she and she she looks at him completely, <laughs> like is like if he was crazy. Yeah, I mean uh, obviously right because she didn't know anything about this and yes. is living in this sort of wooden like shitty house. I mean it's not that shitty but still. Mm-hmm. And then you hear that uh, your husband has a, a second life really. Mm-hmm. Obviously he would be confused by it, but. I truly understand why he does it. Uh, it's actually a coming again from this scene. I think is again coming from a, a hurt ego. Yeah. That he, um, yeah, was put down by her all his life or all his marriage, and to some degree at least. And he's finally having the power and the confidence that he is better now. And then he like unleashes it onto her. No, oh, yeah. Even though I really enjoyed the scene because the, that quote is just so fantastic. <laughs> I mean, uh, the reason why he does it is really, I think, uh, from a hurt ego. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. But still, I mean, it, it sparked a great meme. I am the dangerous, fantastic line. Yeah, and also the I am the one who knocks. Uh, yes. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I love this. Uh, yeah, but um, yeah. one thing I want to add to this is great because you also see i mean it's again the acting you also see that he actually believes in that he actually not only not only through what he did already and the things he did and what he managed but he actually truly believes that he is the danger and he understands the power that is within him and that is really yeah it's it's a great thing to see in someone that they know what they are capable of and you can only hope that they also know how to control it. <laughs> could, could you sum it up and say uh, he finds himself? Hmm, that's a tough one. I mean, because I mean, uh, yeah. the, 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 I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna explain to you why because it's one of my favorite tweets. I believe it's my favorite tweet from last year. It's from uh, Victor Wu. I believe you you know him. Oh yeah, his tweet. Of course. And he and he wrote this 
genius uh, tweet. I'm going to read it out loud. Uh, Once you know who you are, you can smile when other people try to project their reality onto yours. Because you know who you are, that's uh, what's called frame. You know, and oh yeah, fantastic. And, and, and I really like that. You know, Th- that's what I mean. Like uh, he finds himself. There's a what? What does the sentence "I know who I am" mean to you? Actually, that's interesting because um, I have felt the same in some fights mm-hmm. with other people, even our loved ones as well, um, where I. Yeah, where they try to project their vision of me, like my older self, onto me. And uh, this old person I never am. And at this point, it it made me smile a little bit, like an evil grin. I'm not going to lie there. Mm. Um, Because I realized, (laughs) you see, um, I am way ahead of you. Because I am a completely different person. And I understand who I am now. Mm. And who I was before, which is, the, I think, the crucial part. Yeah. That you understand who you were, or in the people, in the case of the people who are listening who aren't at this stage, who you are right now and who you want to become. But I think what Victor said there quite greatly, quite eloquently as well, is mm-hmm. that once you under- truly understand who you are, and which is what Heisenberg does as well, yes. um, nobody can put anything on you and nobody has anything over you you really don't care about anything someone says to you because it doesn't it doesn't bother you and in this regard to answer your question i think yes he found himself at least a part of himself like the dark side pretty much and the the power within him and his confidence he finally found it and this is where when someone tried to put him down and like belittle him he could only smile about it yeah, that's what I really like because in the end, uh, so everybody, for God's sake, if you haven't seen it, like skip to a random time code now. But uh, in the end, <laughs> like in in the last episodes, in the last uh, one or two minutes, like he's shot and he's like bleeding to death, and you can already hear the cops, but you can see this expression on his face. Yeah, he's like, yeah. I don't give a damn. I did what I wanted to do, and I, and and I, I actually liked it. And there, there's like no regret in his eyes, and I believe that's the best thing you can have. That, I think he, this, is, yeah, this yeah. is a very key lesson from mm. this whole thing, mm. um, that you, yeah, pretty much in the literal sense, have to die, knowing that you did what you wanted to do with this one life you have. Yeah. Now this you, doesn't mean. I mean, it could mean in your case that you drop everything and do whatever you want to do. I mean, that's totally up to the person listening. Yeah. But um, the important part really is, and this is something I have discovered in recent years as well, that in the end, on your deathbed or wherever you are going to die, you are alone with yourself. And for this, you will have to mostly take care of yourself. And that you at least get the things done you want to do. And that you are fine with it and enjoyed it. Yes. And this doesn't mean that you run, uh, that you walk over people constantly, obviously not. But it means when there is a decision to be made and the decision is either the other person or your purpose, then it's always the purpose. Absolutely. Do you get the feeling that many men nowadays are having some kind of identity crisis? Oh, yeah, definitely. Mm. I think it's actually a big thing for most men because they don't really have an identity. 
what they do is they grow up and they see, for example, like other friends or an uncle, for example, like in the case of Breaking Bad. Mm-hmm. And they really, what they do is they mimic someone else, which is bound in the same shackles that they are within the corporate world. Mm-hmm. And because if you think about it, if they see rich people and what they do, it's, it's always, they always talk bad about them and they are lucky and they were just born like that and all of this. And it's one way that they didn't know better that they can actually achieve that if they put their mind to it yeah. themselves. But it's also that they you just they just take the identity from the other people around them instead of trying to develop their own identity because they are afraid of what people might think of it or society. Mm-hmm. And yeah, because in my case, for example, uh, because I talk a lot about these dark traits, you know. And uh, the dark sides in man and how to use it to your benefit. People think a lot that I'm just a bitter man, you know, <laughs> who enjoys like walking over people. That's totally not the case. But I know exactly and I knew exactly when I was talking about this initially that this is what people might think a lot about it. Um, because obviously you are indoctrinated by society to think bad of these traits. And however, as I said in one of the videos, um, ever since I discovered these things and discovered myself, I am the happiest person I've ever been. So, uh, yeah, it's really what you make of it is the, the big part here. Yeah, we change the world, but uh, we also enjoy it. It's masculinity with pleasure. It's red smoke. <laughs> exactly. I, 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 you know, um, when I was asking... Do you get the feeling that many men nowadays are having some kind of identity crisis? I don't know why. Every time the stream comes to an end, I always, uh, I always think about Spider-Man Two. You know, like like many Spider-Man people. Two. Yes. Okay. I'm 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 gonna I'm gonna explain to you which uh, yeah. scene I'm talking about. Again, I'm constantly trying to get this from a writing standpoint, but it's also a very brilliantly written film. Uh, you know, uh, the the whole movie Spider-Man 2 is basically an identity crisis, and I believe uh, there are many things uh, people can learn something from. And for everybody who doesn't know, like in short, uh, in Spider-Man 2, the protagonist Peter Parker slash Spider-Man uh, starts to lose his powers, you know, because he, oh, yeah. he, he, he wants to do both. He wants to get the girl of his dreams, but... Uh, you know, in this universe, to maintain a relationship, he, of course, uh, would need time to 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 spend with his girlfriend, which he doesn't have because he has to change the world. He has to save the world from the from the bad guys. Uh, so he cannot have both, but he wants to have both. And there's this beautiful scene where uh, where Peter Parker goes to a doctor actually i mean it's like some kind of i believe it's just a random doctor you know who even uh even checks on him like checks his breath and stuff uh and and it's so it's it's a really sweet scene he he comes up to the doctor and says well uh, i have this dream well it's okay it's actually not my dream it's a friend dream it's a friend's dream you know and then he says well my friend dreams he's spider-man and climbs up the the walls but he starts losing his powers, you know, and the dog is like, I, I, I get it, I get it. But he, he's like not uh, showing. And uh, the doctor says something which 
when I was watching this movie as a kid, I thought uh, he was exaggerating. But uh, Peter Parker was sitting down and the doctor was sitting next to him and he's, the doctor said, you know, not knowing who you are is going to make you mad or insane. I don't know what uh, word he used. And then he even said, uh, your soul disappears. Mm-hmm. And uh, as a kid, I was like, dude, calm the fuck down, man. It's like, exaggerating. <laughs> and now I think, yeah, true. This is not not really knowing who you are is going to make you insane. Oh, yes. I would totally actually, pledge for that. Yeah. 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 No, you put you put that very great. And I didn't actually remember that scene. But uh, yeah, it's, a, it's such a small scene, such a small detail. And yeah. <laughs> that, that's the beauty about this movie. So you, you watch them as a as a grown up and you learn to appreciate some other things. Yeah, especially like these little details which mm. slip by when you're watching it as a kid. And yeah, I definitely one like 1000% agree with the doctor there. Um, and I think this is really the, the, the issue with most men today, as you said correctly. Identity or soul, in my opinion, is pretty similar. And this is what is lacking when you are faced into this predefined life from society that you have to work in the meat grinder mm-hmm. and do these things. Like even marriage, for example. If you really don't want to do it, you still end up marrying just the woman that is currently in your life, usually. Yes. You didn't really choose her, it's just that she was currently your girlfriend. When the time came that you should be getting getting married. Like, for example, this is how most people do it. And it's the same with your job. You were just enjoying some sort of subject in school, and then someone said, oh yeah, you're good at this, this that should be your job. And then you do this all your life, even though you hate it. And this is where you lose your soul and yourself, really. Yes, yes. And this is, yeah, you put that very great with that, that little story from the movie because it's A, an identity crisis that you really don't know who you are and what you really would like to be doing. And it's also that this will never make you happy. But you don't know this because you think this is the way life goes. And this is the, the crux, really, that people, or men mostly, have these days. That they really don't know what they could be and what they want to be underneath. Like the soul is screaming at them. And they don't listen. Yes. I'd call this the greatest tragedy you, you oh, could yeah. ever have in your whole life. I mean, it's... Uh, but but actually, the Spider-Man situation is, I believe, what many uh, men are encountering. You know? Like, you, you just said... I believe in a different context. But you just said, well, okay, you've got a girl, and you're, like, together with her. <laughs> you don't even know why. And you're, yeah. you, like, just marry her, and don't even know why. Because it's, like, society and stuff uh and then you realize okay you could actually do something but that would require to be single whatever that may whatever that may be you know i'm just like making stuff up uh but then you but but now you're like okay i'm like bound i'm like in chains i cannot do that and uh this is gonna make you insane especially if you try to to balance both of these things Yes, uh, this is, I think, where most people are actually really just afraid of, like, doing something because there are implications, obviously. For example, if you, like, married a woman you really just happened to be around and you didn't really choose her, Mm. then you want to change that. That means you will have to go through a lot of pain. In other words, divorce, right? Yes. And 
which is not only taking a lot of time out of your life, also a lot of money and other things. And especially with how society is set up in this regard, uh, most men then decide, well, is it really worth it to follow my this this idea I currently have, which is your soul pretty much, but you don't know it at that point. And is it really worth it following that and dropping everything else for this? And this is a decision I cannot make for anyone. This is something you have to do yourself. Yes. But from what I've heard from most guys who did it and what you see online or from other men, that they never regretted it, being one with themselves and true to themselves, even though there was a huge cost involved. And there is one thing I usually uh, like to say is that you have to pray to pay the price either way. Um, it might just come later in your life. Right. And this is a, a truth people don't really understand, but mistakes you make or things you do, the consequences of it, you will always have to pay at some point. And right now might be better than in 20 years. Yeah, really, like, like the more I think about it, the more I want the, the Breaking Bad ending. You know, I mean, you, I mean, I mean, I mean, you yeah. said you're not a huge fan of the ending, and I get the idea, but uh, yeah, I'm just talking about like Brian Cranston's facial expression. I want to yeah, have I, that, like, regardless of the context. Like, uh, okay, uh, cops come and get me, you know, whatever. Uh, but let me have this facial expression. Let me have this. I have yeah, this, I think I need this, to... this inner peace, you know, just like yes. Okay, I, I, I did what I fucking wanted to did. Yeah, Yeah, I think I need to be a bit more nuanced there. Um, Obviously, yeah, I like this expression as well and how he like pretty much ended his life. I just think um, that the story itself could have ended a bit differently. Uh, Yes, actually. But maybe that's that's just um, that's wrong and actually worked better this way because we get or got to see his facial expression. Maybe it's just better the way it worked out i just remember when i watched it i didn't like the ending too much i i get this yeah i get this so yeah yeah i mean yeah it's truly if you think about it just from a completely open perspective to anyone listening Forget any rules for a second, any some sort of society, ideology, indoctrinations, whatever. Forget all your growing up and whatever happened. Just think about your life for a second. You are on this rocky planet, right? And this is this one life you have. And you never know when it ends. It could be tomorrow. Or like in an hour. could also be in 50 years. You never know. But wouldn't you want, in the end, when you look back... To think, yes, I did what I wanted to do. Just like David said with Walter in the end. Isn't it exactly what you want? I mean, or would you rather <laughs> sit on your, or like lie in your deathbed and having some love, love people around, but you think, yeah, you know, these people are nice, but I don't really enjoy being around them. <laughs> Which is probably what will inevitably happen if you spend 30 years with people that lock your soul in a cage even though they don't want to do it you know and this is really something i have thought about a lot and uh, i know other people especially in my coaching have thought about this as well and 
this this thought process is, I think, also what Walter White goes through, and uh, which is what makes him break bad and unleash his inner beast and his dark side. But in the end, I think, even though there were some like collateral damage, or there was some collateral damage, he still came out very happy in the end, which I think is important. Yeah, I would. I mean. He 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 couldn't take any money with him. He in the end he wasn't even able to. He he pretended this was his motivation in the beginning, to uh, like make money so he can. Uh, so his family is like able to survive. He wanted to provide for his family. So in the end, because he was wanted from, from like everybody, he couldn't even send money, uh, to his kids. So he was robbed of everything you know that's that's actually very brave of the creators because uh and that's probably the reason you don't like the ending because he didn't uh he did not just only lose in the end like uh like not you know ending the story with him being uh, the king of an empire no the story even makes uh the story even goes one step further and completely like takes his character apart like his his son doesn't even want to have anything to do with him like like they yeah. take everything away from him but then it gets interesting you take away everything from him like he doesn't have any family anymore everything he pretended to work for uh it was basically all for nothing i mean in the end he figured out a way to provide for his family anyways but but i don't think that's relevant uh yeah there was actually nothing left. He was in this cabin somewhere in 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 the woods there in, in the yeah. snow with nothing. But in the end, he was like, okay, I, I don't have anything, but at least I did what I wanted to do, you know? Yeah, I think there's actually a deep lesson, a very deep lesson in that. Well, two lessons. The first is that I think most men actually start with the idea to make money. Um, which is, I actually believe that he really wanted to do that in the beginning. That he really thought, all right, let's, mm-hmm. I'm like not going to live for much longer. I'm going to make some money and provide for my family. But then while he was doing it, he realized a lot of things. For example, that he actually enjoys doing this a lot. And this is something he should have been like done way earlier in his life. Yeah which is what sets his mind free and his soul, that he finally understands himself a lot better and what he should be doing. And then in the end, when he actually loses everything and is still happy about it, I think this is a very key lesson in there that these possessions that we have, we cannot take them with us when we die, right? Like nothing, completely. People, um, money, cars, houses, whatever you want, um, not even your experiences. You're just left with yourself. And well, you have memories of the experiences, but that's pretty much it. So really enjoying what you did throughout your very short lifespan on this planet is the key to your happiness. This is, I think, the lesson that is within that scene, I think. Well, Alex, we are pretty much at the end of our time, and I would yeah. Uh, normally, I would I would I would ask you if you want to say anything uh, else to the precious Red Smoke audience, but I believe this is like a perfect 
this is a perfect uh, verdict to, to to end this stuff here it's basically <laughs> what we what we're trying to promote you know masculinity with pleasure like uh, be on your purpose change the world but uh, enjoy it you know? yeah yeah this is just one more thing i wanted to add because i see and i teach people like how to find their purpose and what to do with life be it just making money as well and sometimes they end up doing something that actually is successful but they don't really like it i mean you always also see this with people that make millions in the corporate world maybe they are very successful and they have all these nice things but they don't really enjoy it and mm -hmm. i think i personally would much would be much rather sitting in a, a shack somewhere in a jungle in brazil or something mm -hmm. writing from like on paper writing my things that I like doing instead of working for anyone else making millions of dollars. I would much rather be the broke guy in the shack doing what I truly, truly, deeply enjoy doing. And this is, I think, a very important lesson I learned and many other men should learn and will learn, I think, uh, in the future as well. Absolutely. I guess I believe those are, those are words... Uh... Yeah, I, I don't have anything else to ask you, man. That's yeah, I think I ended this quite well. That's, there. that's, that's, a, that's a perfect, yeah, like like a mic drop, man. Yeah, yeah that's that's why we are Berlin City Soul Paradise, man. Oh, yeah, man. absolutely. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I I believe everybody who's listening just um, I hope you there's something to to take away from this, like like what the hell are you even doing on YouTube? Like get off from here and like. <laughs> get a new purpose come on oh yeah <laughs> oh man I, no seriously i hope next week uh you're tuning in again back to red smoke it's for everybody it's for people who wear name tags to work especially for you guys oh yes um yeah all right alex anything left to say no i think uh, this was a a very very great episode very deep and very also emotionally heavy episode but it's what we're about right we yep. we are not deadlocks or rocks we have emotions and we like them and this uh, truly is an important episode i think everyone really needs to watch it there was a lot of a lot of deep things in there and especially breaking bad i think people if you haven't watched it definitely watch at least the first season i mean you will be hooked anyway after that but mm first season has a lot of lot of very important lessons for most men in Absolutely. modern day society i mean yeah. i i uh, i believe i was i was wrong when i when i promoted this show as the darkest show of the year i mean it was dark <laughs> but but i would say it's more of a maybe the deepest show of the year or yeah. the most personal show I believe that would be right. Yeah, that's probably right. Yeah. So everybody who's reading the, the description, like that's the that's the darkest show. So I I fooled you. Yeah, I'm fraud <laughs> officially. <laughs> oh man. Okay, um, Alex, it's been an enjoying pleasure to speak to you. And oh yes, uh, absolutely. I look forward to next week. Everybody Me who's too. listening, uh, more information on his Twitter channel, on my Twitter channel, on the official Red Smoke Twitter channel. Uh, all the links are in the description. And we're going to see you next week.